Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Michael Hanford and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. Everybody get quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Siege to review last night's Raw and a rather eventful show. Yeah, I absolutely loved this Raw, but this is becoming a, a bit of a staple of the Triple H ones. It's certainly going to be at this time of year, and it was definitely last summer, where I, like, I'm very aware when I'm watching how much this is a your mileage may vary edition of mm-hmm. WWE television. This was like a Tesco meal deal for me. Ugh. Like loads of it was really bland and predictable in the way that I enjoy like my just cheese sandwich. <laughs> but loads of it had like the flavor, like I would maybe picking my crisps or my cherry Pepsi Max instead of a regular Pepsi Max. Like, Ooh, fancy. that's fancy it. Dang. Main, main event was uh, like, you know, the, the steak McCoys, for example. Like it had oh my God. meat and flavor, but a lot of it was just, oh yeah, all those things you saw that were coming. Here they've come, like, <laughs> like, my, like my just cheese no mayo sandwich. Like that couldn't be more up my street, yeah. and yet I can, I'm watching it fully appreciating. So like, yeah, like, but it just it's very much a, like a to your taste or not yes. edition of Raw, I think, because I loved absolutely loads of this, and then I logged on to read some other people's opinions, and it was just all over the place. There was people that like actively hated certain segments. I don't know if we're going to agree or disagree on the, for example, the John Cena Austin Theory thing, because I like loved and hated it in equal measures. And like, I'm really looking forward to delving into what I liked and hated about it. It could equally be, I think, this fantastic, captivating bit of television and a total disaster. Mm. It's I, great for my taste. Would completely understand if people hated this episode. I just wish someone had have called it in advance. Yeah, I like a hoisin duck wrap yeah. on a meal deal, like a supermarket meal deal, like a hoisin duck wrap. Okay. I like uh, maybe a little cake. Not crisps, Ooh. the little cakes that they do. I get called Fancy Dan and he's getting a cake with a meal deal. It's a little like, sort of like the little carrot cake, hoisin duck wrap, and because they're ordinarily so expensive and I try not to buy them even though they're delicious, like some kind of um, 
elaborate, innocent smoothie with a flavour. <laughs> yeah. so like those, get, like, you, get your money's worth of them as well. With those super juice things. Like, I love... Bottles are too small, though. A cold-pressed juice with, like, cherry, apple, mandarin, and then, like, ginger. Oh, God, that's my favourite thing. My favourite is my ultimate liquid at the minute. Ultimately. Mountain Dew Pitch Black... Um, a cold pressed juice. Ultimate liquid. <laughs> That's like the opposite of normal drink. I'll take a normal drink, please. So just having an ultimate liquid. <laughs> Mar- margarita, Mountain Dew pitch black, and a cold pressed fruit juice with like cherry, mm. apple, mandarin, and lemon and ginger. Oh my god. Do you want yeah. to bring you in, Sidge? Because I got oh, one. Yeah. I think it was about like two fifty for this can, but I saw it on the way to work on for the revolution stream on Sunday. And like my eyes were like darted to this corner of a fridge walking past the news agents, and there it was. And I'm gonna, fly? No, yeah. unfortunately. But there was this thing called like Mountain Dew flaming hot. Oh my god. And I saw that I saw the Mountain Dew and I was like, well, I'm getting one. Right, we'll give it a try. And I had it and it's like a can of curry. Like it's it's pop. And then it's like, wait a minute, what's that at the back of my throat? Is that Madras? I think it might be. And I like, can drink it for a couple Wilborn, he was sniffing, he's going, Oh, a bit much this. Like you got a kick to it, the smell. I'll bring one in. It's weird. Yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> I'm going uh plowman's with mayo. He's very British, isn't he? I can't take the majority of a plowman's. <laughs> and either prawn cocktail uh, walkers or you're, you're, for, to go for Wilborn, knickknacks. Yeah. And uh, Capri Sun, please. Capri Sun. It's like a British kid, isn't he? Is that because it's got like a screw top instead of the poppy straw? So it's yeah, an adult yeah, one yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, the kids yeah. one. On this roll, right? Put it this way. There were some highlights, but this is where me and Hamlet just fundamentally disagree on things. I'd been up since 1am oh yeah. on Sunday night. I had, couldn't get back to sleep. Uh, it's like when you know you've only got a small amount. That's why I can't nap. When you know you've only got a small amount of sleep before you have to do things. To me, that's pressure. Yeah. And I can't take that kind of pressure. So I've been up since 1am. Watched four-hour wrestling show. Couldn't get back to sleep. Did some parenting responsibilities. Like dress them or try to dress them. Breakfast, breakfast for breakfast for myself commute write 3000 words proofread 3000 words relax have my dinner tired more than 12 hours have elapsed and then record a podcast and by the time i sit down to do the raw preview i'm checked out i'm mentally, <laughs> I'm mentally checked out total fatigue absolutely knackered so i just say right okay well let's just do the easy route not don't think about it luckily it's raw there's no real thought goes into it right okay this is going to happen this is probably going to happen this is probably going to happen and this is probably going to happen and i nailed four things because it's so easy to guess where they're going with these stories and i just nailed them all and it was me being phoned in on a pod which i don't like to do but i was tired and me in that mental state that tired no thoughts going through my head other than I just want to go to sleep. Uh, they'll do that, that uh, and all of that came to fruition. I think there's a wider point there that's not just isolated as Sidgwick's experience. That I've noticed that, with the, the, the cliched claptrap that they do, that they pass for a television show. <laughs> no, because I'm talking about the really good one from last night. But I don't think this is isolated to Sidgwick's experience here because I've noticed this when it's an AW when there's a pay-per-view on a Sunday, and if it's good, an AW pay-per-views by and large are good, even if they're too long. Like, the the awesome action on it is AEW at its best, operating at its best. And I made this point yesterday on Twitter about the... I, I like watching the difference open up. Like, I, John Cena was going to be on this Raw, and I knew I was going to love it. I love watching that stupid idiot. I like hate I, him. I love watching him in this in this era of John Cena. And I couldn't wait. I could not wait for that. And But it couldn't be further apart from, for example, the Iron Man match. Yes. Or, for example, the Elite versus the House of Black. And I definitely think if your tastes 
Mine, I do, I can skew both, but it just depends what I'm in the mood for. But if your tastes lean towards AEW, which is pro wrestling, and WWE is not, it is not that. Um, these roles are much harder. Mm. They, like the, the, what's the phrase? The whiplash between the two is much starker. And I think there are still lots of people out there that will watch both, but simply, like, won't be in the mood for days now to watch <laughs> WWE. Yeah. Like, Cody and Roman Reigns on SmackDown was a, oh about the most WWE thing that I can remember in recent times. I absolutely love the bones of it, and I love it even more after tonight's Raw, but it just felt enormous to me, this humongous, only in WWE do you get something that feels like this, yeah. right? But if that took place after Revolution, I'd honestly feel like some of its impact would have been minimised because it's sort of like, ah, oh, I like that, but just like, they just did wrestling better on Sunday, and this isn't quite, this is sport, this is very sports entertainment, and it's just like, do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. just sort of think yeah. like, I think sometimes that occurs, and it's, I don't know, like, you never have it with a Dynamite because you've got that extra day between it and SmackDown. You get it sometimes when Dynamite's not very good because inevitably you've had a class NXT the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, the, <laughs> the pivot between the two is too big. And I think people there are more people watching Raw that will typically watch AEW but are invested enough in WWE. It's WrestleMania season. Mm. Some of the big stories are good. But I do think because your fundamental investment is AEW, trying to... Like, this is not me putting words in your message, but trying to care, trying to invest. I have struggled with that at the best like, of times. I think a lot of people have felt that about this episode because of that, because mm. they've just been like, oh no, this, they were reminded on Sunday what they care about the most, what their primary sort yeah. of interests are in wrestling, and they probably weren't serviced as much here. Uh, I've got a bit of a hot take. Um, feel free to share this on social media. Guys, you can like both shows. I really enjoyed Revolution. I thought uh, Raw was great He's as well. He's already sharing that on social media. It's no man, no. <laughs> is that yeah. Empty. Has me knocking the cup off the table. And I that's was, good bruise. That's I was good so guy. careful for it not to become about that because I hate them fucking arseholes. Like they were out in force after revolution, yeah. and it's but like they're doing the fucking bullet points where it's like uh, Brian versus MJF, great uh, WWE Cody Rhodes, like because the two things came back to back. It was like another great weekend in the wrestling space. Fuck you. Like that's not true. It's not always good. You got not the counter. Uh, you were tied at the end of last week, last Ooh. time I checked. Oh, God, I've given myself He's a raced into the lead. Yes. swear head start. Can't at least get through this episode with no more. Oh, I loved it. I've gone out to swear about it. I'm not angry after this. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> it was... Raging. I tried so hard to dodge that. Oh, that wasn't the point I was making. I just want people to be okay with Kenny Megan going to do it. I know. you are <laughs> absolute hard-on for this agenda at the minute. I know, because it pisses off where ends. <laughs> like, there's some right losers that have got this weird parasocial relationship with the elite. It's like, oh, no, Kenny doing poof in WWE. Like, wouldn't how, be allowed. Imagine. Nah, he would not be allowed. They'd find a non-trademarked version. He'd do the gun finger, and then there'd be a firework go off in the background, and it'd kick oh, ass. Yeah. There we go. Like, imagine him doing the gun finger at the Royal Rumble when he wins it, and he's going <gasps> to WrestleMania. He won't be allowed to do the gun thing. Of course he will. No, they won't. Good night. Bang, show of shows. It's gun violence. I can't do a reference to that because it's... a point. Just do a point. You're right. WWE are morally and ethically above all that. (laughs) (laughs) I had a great time watching this show. Reviewers, please. Yes, let's dive straight into it. Uh, Because they were at the TD Garden in Boston for this wicked pisser. Uh, That's why I I liked it. Done. Tick. (laughs) Jimmy Uso and uh, Solos and Koa are there with, with Paul as well. And Taman's just sort of reiterating the message that Roman has sent. Um, you know, he's very explicit what he wants. Solve the Sami Zayn problem. Sami escaped on SmackDown. Uh, he's, but he's here tonight. He pep from the crowd, just the mention of Sami Zayn's name. Uh, and he talks about the opportunity for the bloodline. Solo sorts the Kevin Owens problem. Uh, and Jimmy, with or without Jay, solves the Sami problem. And they leave. And Heyman 
makes a quick call to the tribal chief. Uh, and the show opens in with... a candid moment, captured by the invisible camera. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing the five-star review later today. Oh, my God. We'll get around to that. Uh, Because the show opened with Kevin Owens and um, in just a brawl, obviously. Owens attacks Sokoa before the match even starts. Sokoa cuts him off, sends him into the post. They get back in the ring, separate for half a second. The referee's an opportunity. He goes, right, quick, ring the bell, and they get back into it. Um, just a, a big brawl, basically. Uh, at one point, Jimmy Uso runs out uh, distract, to distract Owens so, so uh, Solo can take him down from the top rope with a slam and hit the running hip attack, and another one when he's on the uh, advertising LED barricade thing on the outside. That takes us to a break. We come back. Sokoa hits a Samoan drop, but uh, Owens dodges a splash in the corner, hits a DDT, goes for a stunner. Um, Sokoa blocks it. Jimmy gets knocked off the apron, but the distraction this time doesn't help. Owens hits a super kick on Sokoa, cannonball, sent on bomb, makes a cover, but immediately, as we predicted, Jimmy dives in, attacks, DQ. The bloodline start picking the bones here. The crowd are chanting for Sami Zayn. Uh, they're about to put Owens through the announcer's table. But here comes Sami Zayn. Attacks uh, Jimmy and Solo. Uh, grabs a chair and the bloodline, or what, what's left of the bloodline here, bail. And uh, Owens is sort of slumped in the corner. Zayn offers his hand. Is he finally going to take it? Are we finally going to get that reunion? No, Owens rolls out, walks off, and the, the crowd don't know what to think. Loved it. Um, loved it even more as the show developed. So there's probably like other bits on the show that I liked as a story. So I'll just try and isolate it to one specific bit of praise. Now, Solo Sokoa, for a guy that literally just started wrestling when NXT started in the Performance Center. So he's like, what, two years in? Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. Like, what? Uh, taking the I'm piss. Taking the piss. I'm taking the piss. I know you've done stuff pre-WWE. Well, I feel like we're already past the, um, like the prodigious era of his career like it doesn't feel like he's this like remember when he like he first got called up and it's like wow like he's just jumped straight into this above feet and he's nailing it i kind of already feel like we're past that he's not a henchman he's not a rookie who you need to you can't underestimate the threat of it's just a threat he's just yeah. an out and out threat like they'll take i'd like to think they'll take the time with him i had a moment thinking this during this match actually. and and how how you how exactly you're progressing because the Intercontinental title is in such fantastic health that if you need another one to keep it that way, like a Gunther, like you do him next. Like it seems mad that I would say this guy's prime for an IC run, but it's a credit to Gunther, you know, like yeah. that's where we're at. But previously when those belts meant nothing, you were like, right, he's prime for the next Imaga, Braun Strowman. He beats everybody mm-hmm. and you get him right ready for the title because he is just working and acting and wrestling like somebody that's been at this way longer than he has from a character point of view. This character's like, what, eight months old on television? Feels like he's been at this for mm. years and... I think it was, I didn't love that they had him beat Sami Zayn on SmackDown, but I liked it more after this because I think it's obviously playing to the fact that like we're at this point where Sami desperately needs Owens and Owens is trying not to need Zayn. So it's kind of made those two results make sense as well. I think by about the 18th cut off, I got a little bit bored during this. <laughs> it was very, I don't know, I just wasn't that energised by it. And again, the, the point that Hamlet makes is correct when particularly in our space where we are a mainstream wrestling content outlet who predominantly do AEW and WWE coverage and I skew towards one, like the comparison and the contrast will always exist to me, particularly when it's so sharp and there's been one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. I just can't watch as much wrestling as other people. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just thought this was a little bit... Uh, I, don't know, I just thought it was a little bit loopy, mm. looped. As a match, 
I wasn't really engaged by it, and I just knew that they didn't want to beat either man, and I knew they wouldn't, and my emotional investment in it was low. In terms of the action, I wasn't grabbed by it, and I just knew they weren't going to give me a finish, and it's just, right, okay, well, why do the match then? Do you know what occurred to me in this match? Like, the crowd was super hot for this. And obviously, like, it was a hot crowd in Boston, to be fair, but they weren't hot for everything. There were still matches that you've got that, like, terrible raw hum for some of these matches. <laughs> hum is the word. It's so weird, right? Because often those crowds sit there silent in matches, and then a promo happens, and they get dead excited. And I'm thinking, well, it's a good job that you're not getting excited for a match that's happening back in your building, because otherwise you'd go quiet again. The This was more of an angle than a match, and thus the fans stayed mm. hot for it like they get it does feature the only people they genuinely really push in a good storyline uh, like it's the top thing isn't it it's the most pressing concern certainly so it's just but it just struck me as like these continually quiet crowds for WWE matches often those matches are the thing that all of these promos have built towards and it's like you're forgetting that when you're getting super hot for the pro it has to end in a match like, every single promo has to end in a match but it's that's the bit that the fans sit on their hands for it's a strange <laughs> yeah. situation uh, we got a replay of what happened with Bobby Lashley and Uncle Howdy on SmackDown. Then Lashley cuts a promo. Tired of playing Bray Wyatt's kid games. I said that five times, Bobby. He went to face <laughs> that, exact, that exact phrase five times. He went to face him man to man on SmackDown, but to Wyatt isn't a man. He sent a man in a mask instead. And uh, he he's like, what's going to take for you to face me like a man? And all I cared about was the bee's ass that kept flashing up in the background <laughs> here, basically. Then Byron Saxton chats to Carmella. She said she's going to embarrass Bianca Belair tonight and earn herself a spot in that WrestleMania title match, basically. Uh, Postman Pierce should have made this a number one contendership match, but he's a bloody idiot. In comes Chelsea Green. I love this as a pairing between the two of them. Uh, and they say, maybe we should speak to the manager above the general manager of Postman Pierce, basically. They're slagging Well, he off. was backstage. He uh, he walks in with Dimitar Berbatov, I saw. Um, <laughs> he, he walks in, Postman Pierce, that is, on his phone and just goes, I'm not handling this, walks off. Um, and basically, Carmella says, why don't you come down to ringside with me tonight, Chelsea? And uh, and then they just slag off Byron and leave. Can I just say one thing about Uncle Howdy? <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Like, it was... I was kind of told or shown very early in this run that Uncle Howdy is the big bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. It wasn't Sister Abigail guiding Bray Wyatt down this York path because, you know, disassociate from that Bray Wyatt because he sucked and, you know, this, yeah. this is like a retcon, it's a reboot. Uncle Howdy is the man, the ghost of the man who sold the world, of course. He was depicted, am I wrong, as this sort of incredibly scary, I didn't feel it, but it was meant to be yes. this incredibly scary, manipulative figure, maybe the very ma manifestation of the darkness within Bray Wyatt, manifested mm -hmm. an abstraction in human form. Mm -hmm. Right. This terrible guy who's the real monster, the real puppet master of this horrible man, Bray Wyatt. And now he's basically like an underling <laughs> member of a faction who takes the ass-kicking to save the match. Yeah. So funny, isn't it? He takes the beating off the baby face to give the fans a little bit of catharsis. He's the guy who gets beat up before Bobby Lashley gets <laughs> to the real person, who is Bray Wyatt, the whole darkness within whom is a consequence of that Uncle Howdy's interference. What is going on? Imagine. He looked like an asshole. That laugh as well. <laughs> <laughs> and just immediately got bulldozed. Imagine if to build up to what I think is still my favourite moment in AEW history, 
uh, Mr. Brudley got ran off by Keaty Marshall before he fought Cody <laughs> yeah, Rhodes. Like, my, like, basically, that's what Uncle Howdy was. The exalted one of Bray Wyatt's life or whatever, and he's basically getting eliminated from a Royal Rumble. It's like, next year, he's drawn number 22. It's Uncle Howdy. It's <laughs> like terrible. It's so, so funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got some good news for the both of you. You can talk more about this on the SmackDown preview on Friday. So Where are you? I'm off. <laughs> he's the ghost of the man that sold the world, of course. The ghost Where? in this podcast studio. Got to go after work. Yeah, actually, this works both ways. I have to preview Rampage. Yeah. We both lose. <laughs> <laughs> Bianca Belair versus Carmella came next to Chelsea Green. Um, and, yeah, another thing we called on the preview yesterday. You got your flowers for it. Someone else uh, didn't n- mention me on Twitter. Don't know why that is. Um, anyway, uh, Carmella yanked Bianca Belair off the top. Um, at one point, Carmella uh, gets countered by uh, Belair. Backbreaker moonsault from Bianca Belair. Green distracts the referee. So Belair goes after her, but that, of course, allows Carmella back into it. She hits a super kick, gets a two count. Um, Belair's just like, do you want to just get in here, basically, to Chelsea? Uh, immediately chucks her out as she does. Um, chucked her into the timekeeper's area. Again, Carmella tries to take advantage of this using a cradle, but Belair kicks out. KOD, one, two, three. Post-match, the numbers game, the heels attack Bianca Belair and freeze as soon as Asuka's music hits. She comes down and uh, goes to mist Carmella, but Carmella ducks, and Chelsea Green got misted instead. This was, the match was fine, and I'm absolutely sick of it. said it a million times, you cannot just be hoying Bianca Belair to wrestle in front of silent crowds on TV every week. It's normalising it week after week after week. Rhea Ripley versus Asuka with no story at WrestleMania 37 was fine, or just less than, but it shouldn't have been. I'm very worried that Asuka versus Bianca Belair is going to be fine when it shouldn't be because of, like, I'm hoping the stadium setting and them both on form elevates it because it's not going to be this story. said it weeks ago, you could smell that the, yet again, the partners that are fighting at WrestleMania but can get along in the meantime Why? is happening. Like, I like, I'm with you, by the way, I like Chelsea Green and Carmella. Immediately liking the team. Tag division's on its ass, so they might as well be doing a Butcher and the Blade promo saying, hey, tag teams, and then looking around to find some. <laughs> but, like, so I really like them as an act. If this division had any legs to it, then great, you're off to the races with them too. But, and not for the first time in WWE history, a WrestleMania programme is folding in two people that are going to have nothing to do with it in Carmella and Chelsea Green to give the actual main players something to do it's stupid booking and it's undermining the actual match itself. Um, why do they do this? I just never understand why they do this every single year. And Papa H, that wasn't fall far from the tree yet. <laughs> I don't understand what the tension is. Oh my God. If there's a miscommunication here, a miscommunication, there's a miscommunication here. Might break down into a fight. Well, they're going to have a fight at WrestleMania, so. Good, it's going to happen eventually. It's the worst, it's the worst, it's the worst. I think you can trust Asuka, but two weeks ago she dribbled goop. Yeah. So can you? It's absolutely... No, she wants to take your title. And even yeah. if you can't trust her, do you have a match with her anyway? <laughs> She's not your mate. She's your opponent. It's stupid. Mm. Uh, so Sami Zayn goes up to Kevin Owens backstage. So, hmm. Oh, no, it's different in the BBC. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me it's bad. Yeah, it was, it's not good, this. Yeah, exactly. uh, but I do like Chelsea Green getting misted and subsequently her complaints to Postman Pierce going forward. Um, so Sami Zayn next goes up to Kevin Owens backstage, says, look, the bloodline's too much for any one person. I've been saying this for ages. You know, this isn't a ploy to make things better. We don't have to be uh, best friends again. We haven't got to become a team again. But we know we've got the same objective. We can't do it alone. Listen to me. I know I was in the bloodline. Owens is like, I know that. I remember it all very well, especially considering where we are tonight. 
Um, but I don't want to do this with you. Uh, he says, look, maybe I was wrong. Maybe you should just go back. If you want that acceptance, go back to Rome and stroke his ego. He'll, he'll probably take you back. He'll probably embrace you. Um, I don't care what you did, Sammy. Leave me out of it. Oh, that was great. Loved it. I had no, I hadn't thought about the fact that it was going to be in the same building, which I really like those details. Like, it's not, this isn't the sort of stuff you're supposed to do backflips of, but it is nice that promoters think about that. And I say promoters because Tony Khan always had, and it's good that Triple H has done as well, like geographical advantages. Use them. Whenever they're there, use them. And this is a great one. This is building is where it stings the most. When Kevin Owens walked into this building tonight, the first thing he remembered was what was happening the last time he was here. So Got a tingle in his balls. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I really like I love this even more than I thought I would because there was a lot of people campaigning for like them to have the emotional reunion at Elimination Chamber to give Sammy the nice ending. But what do we ask for all the time is for like some of this to be believable. Mm. And Owens has forgiven, but he stayed true to his word about not being having anything to do with Sammy. And it's taking somebody else to come in, as like we'll get to later on, that is going to remind him that there's sometimes a wider purpose. Mm. I, I absolutely love these overlapping stories with how WrestleMania should ultimately this year. It's great that it was supposed to be The Rock's thing, and now it's instead the bloodlines in yeah. totality. It should absolutely be defined by like the falling of this empire that's had a stranglehold in the company. It's a great... WrestleMania size story, I think. That's like that's how you do these company wide angles because they're like they've got all the belts and people have got to do something about it and you know, puts the belts over. Um I got two problems with this. It's not my thing. It just isn't. Mm. Two problems with this. One, Sami Zayn going, oh, I can't beat these guys, I can't beat these guys, I can't beat these guys. Yes, I understand that they want to put over Roman Reigns as a living demigod, but he's not there half the time. Get one up on the bloody bloodline. It's only Jimmy and Solo Sakura. <laughs> I know, like, they're, the, you know, they're one of the best tag teams in, like, the canon of the entire company's history and all the rest of it. But it's, like, it's Paul Heyman. What's Paul Heyman going to do? <laughs> Solo Sakura's like, eh, I guess, right. You've got a guy who's like this undefeated, invincible henchman badass, and one half of canonically at this point, your best tag team that you've had in company history in the fiction of it. So maybe I'm selling this short, but no. Just like, he's not like, he's not Steve Austin, is he, Sammy Zayn? I know he's a completely different character. I think he's been mentally impacted by the loss as well. Yeah. Like, he thought he had it going into Elimination Chamber, and he didn't. Mm. And I think that's, like, part of this. It's like, I think they've, I think, you're right, by the way, you cannot feel emotionally attached to this, but I think in kayfabe, they've lined all this up. I think like, they have, it's just not my kind of kayfabe. Yeah. And I'll tell you what as well, so this, oh, God, this bloodline. You know, it sounds like Roman Reigns is this beast beating them down and, you know, a killer, because he's hardly there. So that's a bit of a... It's not helped by the fact that he's absent, I think. This can't do the bloodline alone. It's like, well, you can't, because it would be kind of like one on two and you're a baby fan. Kevin Owens, for me personally, I understand they've built this. I understand that all the war game stuff and how it's incorporated into this. Like, if you look at their history, I think Kevin Owens at this point should be like, you know what? I've been worse to you than you've ever been to me. (laughs) Way, way worse. All things considered, you know, it's in terms of who's been the biggest dickhead, it's pretty much (laughs) 80-20. Generous. I just, when he says, I can't do that after all you've done to me, I I, I don't know. I can't reconcile his history with his motivation. Mm. I don't think they've frankly done a good enough job with that. It's so 80-20 in the direction of, you know that big Reddit thread 
subreddit. What's it? I'm, who, am I the asshole? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, right, okay, well, it's two different people, two sides to every story. Who's the asshole? It's usually funny because, like, well, you are. Yeah. It's yeah. weird that you can't see that. <laughs> For me, Kevin Owens is posting one of these things. If I, am, am, am I the asshole? <laughs> like, yes, you are. Mm. You are. And I wish they would have a bit more, I wish it would, like, refine his motivation or at least say, I know I've been the biggest dickhead, but here's why I think you are, and I really don't think they've managed that well enough for me. Guess what? No one cares. Everyone wants to see yeah. this reunion. People are happy to go along with it. This, for me, is an I'm not Doug situation. <laughs> it's I keep making the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose comparison from when they really worked, un like uncharacteristically for WWE, putting them back together, and back then the forgiveness was absolutely on Dean Ambrose's side. He had to forgive Seth for breaking up the shield, and there wasn't really much... There was no sort of having to kind of like tell a bit of a story in your head. So I do actually take that point. But here, here I come to the defense of frigging Triple H again, of all people. Like, I think this episode... Defending him since the summer of last year. More than any. Uh, proved a lot of people wrong, again, about Elimination Chamber. If you put them back yeah. together on that night, what are you going to do for the month? That's you're gonna, yeah. Like, the whole complaint about WWE storytelling is you set a match up and then you kind of work backwards. Right, we've got to fill bloody three weeks of television with these two opponents. They're not done that here. It's like you're watching this... Yeah. Like, develop, and I really like that, rather than going down the traditional route of going for the moment, capital M. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go for the moment, capital M. I realise this is, a by WWE standards, a very complex, nuanced relationship. But the complexity of the nuance is that Kevin Owens is a complete arsehole to him for years, <laughs> and years and years and years and years. I always just say this with, with Papa H's WWE. Just let it play out, guys. Uh, Miss TV uh, next. Hey, <laughs> help, me, help me a little bit, sorry. We've got, we've got a lot to get through today. Oh, sorry, why don't you f***ing shut your mouth during the 20 minutes before in the podcast studio then? <laughs> Jesus they did a Christ. They did a fire alarm test. Usually, usually it's you. It is not me, to be fair. What was the basis for their feud in 2021? Kevin and Sammy. The WrestleMania singles match they had. Like, I know uh, uh, Kevin was Sammy was face. going mental, and he really wanted Owens on side. And I was just like, no, no, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't hate you anymore, but you've got to get out of your own head. That's the the world isn't against you. That's the thing. Like, it wasn't... Sammy didn't do anything awful to Kevin Owens. And then he befriended, yeah. he befriended then special guest Logan Paul. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. you're hanging out with this dickhead That's now. The thing. That was too frivolous a chapter for me to really buy into this one. If Sammy was the dickhead more recently and it was 50-50, yes. But that feud was nonsense and it hasn't helped this. It's not Triple H's fault because Vince was booking that. Mm. Is it because the violence is fresh? Like it was War Games where he hit him with a low blow and just like it destroyed him with a halluva I kick. just think there should be more acknowledgement of, you know what, I was more of an arsehole than you've ever been to me. Literally, just, I just I don't buy Kevin Owens in this mm -hmm. role. I just simply don't. I know you've done bad things and you've not shot at me and halluva kicked me, but literally the night you won the NXT Championship, yeah. I tried to end your career. Basically, I just think Kevin Owens is. If we're com if we're comparing emotional scars, I'm still in front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Kevin Owens has got. I just don't believe him when he says all this because I've lived through mm. the whole history. Uh, Miss TV was next. He comes out, bangs on about hosting WrestleMania, and I think oh, I should be early now. Yeah. yeah. Um, introduces Logan Paul. Logan Paul comes out with his bottle of Prime. Miz offers a handshake, and he's like, get the way, loser. Uh, gets up on the turnbuckle, and uh, and then before he can even introduce him, here comes Seth Rollins. <laughs> Pressing that button, it ate up a bit of time. <laughs> Mocked. So the Miz tries to shut everyone up. They do this song. He's dressed like a, an ice cream man or whatever he is. Uh, and he says, 
uh, he keeps trying to my my hand goes up. It doesn't still doesn't work as a catchphrase that. And then my hand up goes up. Your mouth goes. Sure, it doesn't work. It's not a rhyme. I don't know why he's wasting time talking about a ten year old catchphrase. Uh, so Paul, Logan Paul goes, uh, "Hey Boston, this segment's got a time limit. Shut the up, wicked pisser." Uh, <laughs> Seth shuts him up, uh, acknowledges Logan Paul, says, but we've never been uh, formally introduced. I'm a visionary, I'm a re- revolutionary, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. And Logan's like, I know you are. Um, he says, you're the cl- clown I dumped out the Royal Rumble, the one I stomped in the chamber. He says, what you got, I don't know what you got a problem with that, though, for. Um, maybe it's just the fact that I embarrassed you twice and I accomplished in one year what you've take, taken 20 to do, basically. I work smarter, not harder. I'm naturally good at this. In fact, if, uh, if I were you, I probably wouldn't like me either. Uh, Mace is like, I don't want to take sides, but um, yeah, Logan's got some pretty good points there. He's got a great points thing. <laughs> Seth, Seth says, all right, yeah, but uh, that, none of that's the reason why we don't like you. We don't like you because you're the scum of the earth. You're a coward. You're a troll. Uh, you're a fraud. You're a human dumpster fire. We don't want you here, um, but let's be honest. No one came out No one came out in Boston to see me, see us talk. They want to see us fight. Let's get into it. Takes off his ice cream man jacket. Um and Misa's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. I'm the moderator. It's my job here to make sure you don't fight. Uh, and Logan's like, don't talk for me, loser. Um, he says, you know, if you want me to fight Rollins right here in Boston, uh, let's do it. Um, but he's not actually going to do it because he doesn't fight for free. He's a premium act. Um, however, if the stage was bigger, if the money was bigger, someone with star power is looking at the WrestleMania sign, maybe I'd consider it. And Miz is like, well, I'm the host of WrestleMania. I could make this happen. All I do is make one phone call and says, oh, my God, Miz, could you do this? Could you pull some strings? Wow, this is amazing. And he chucks him out of the ring. Logan kicks him, goes for a stomp. Seth dodges it, takes him down. But in comes Miz, gets super kicked by Seth Rollins. And then Logan hits him with that KO punch of his. Seth is out cold. Logan Paul grabs a mic and says, tell Seth uh, when he wakes up, I'll see him at WrestleMania. Oh, and one more thing. Bye-bye, bitch. I thought this was amazing. Like, love the bones out of this. Miz and Logan Paul having, like, that Michael Scott, Ryan Howard energy when Ryan's gone to corporate. And he's like, I can't believe my uh, my young apprentice is now a wonderkind like Miz thinking there's still a bond there. There is not. Um, and then Seth... As the baby face, obviously, refusing to be patronised by Miz, and thus ultimately that being the undoing of what gave Logan Paul the advantage. I just thought this was fantastic. Uh, I'm so glad that we're back to, oh, Logan Paul's a parasite. The world has gone wrong, and it's gone so wrong that people like Logan Paul get to benefit from how wrong it is. That should have been the story all along. It was The Roman Reigns match was amazing. Yeah. It was really great. But, like, thank God he was just a situational baby face for the purpose of that. And not in Saudi Arabia. In, well, yeah, and not in general because you weren't ever going to be able to ride that. And we're back to where we need to be. And what a perfect babyface Seth Rollins has proved to be for that. Never did I imagine in 2019 that that guy that was like going out there and saying like best wrestling ever period over stomping grounds weekend could be the one saying we and having a building full of WWE fans agreeing with him yeah. and me doing it too. Yeah. And being like, you have come into our house. Like you couldn't be further away from what this is supposed to be. Like I, I couldn't have loved that specific dynamic anymore. Now you know why Seth, stupid clothes, big clown shoes and all, has been gotten to by the fact that this prick eliminated from the Royal Rumble something that actually matters to him. And then we go back to that thing that Paul Heyman did such an amazing job of, which is the power of Logan's punch. We know that Logan's got more to him, but he's also got that. Logan Law. Logan Law. <laughs> I, th- I think this match is going to be fantastic. The build, Logan Paul. Oh, that's, better. Good. that's better. The build is over-delivering. 
because I like that they use the chamber as well as the rumble. This is all this is old fashioned stuff. Two pay per views just screwed me. I'm going to fight you at WrestleMania. Like, this is the way you're supposed to do it. But the dynamic between them is way hotter than I imagined it would be. Super, super impressed with this. What do you think of it? I wouldn't want to waste your time. So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just... I'm kidding. I get a bit anxious about my time management as well. I'm really sure. <laughs> Tell you what, I completely agree with all of that. Two pedantic criticisms, because I can't add too much more. I love the I would hate me too line and the way he built to it. I wish he'd said... It took me a year to get better than you at your job, and it's not even mine. I would have liked that last little line to, ah, I wouldn't have punched out clean one of my top baby faces. There was something about the framing of the segment where it didn't feel like daylight robbery, like uh, you bastard sucker punch, where it was a clear as day sucker punch. It just looked really hard. (laughs) So I don't know if I would have done that personally. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, right, earlier on today, uh, Mustafa Ali is just being unbearable uh, to Dolph Ziggler and says, Hey, hey don't worry. You're, you're the best. I believe in you. I've got you a match against Omos. Uh, and then when we get to the match, he's in the crowd right next to a Simon. Give this an up sign, by the way, with a We Love Ziggler sign. I mean, they did this story twice on the same show. Wacky character gets wrestler, a match that he doesn't want to have, even though he's a wrestler and thus has turned up to work to wrestle. Like this happened twice on yeah, this Raw. because it's, it's bad. Absolute hack, undercard nonsense that Triple H is as guilty of as Vince McMahon ever was. Mm. Uh, and then it was time for Omos versus Dolph Ziggler. Skip. Yeah, he won with a tree slam. Enough of all this. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Josh Poulsen. Um, if you want to share something short, crap, and wrestling rated for us to review instead of that a- infinite jest you've got on your screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I appreciate these really nice, heartfelt messages. I'm not being. A, I'm just a dick sometimes. Did you get through it in the end? Did you nah. finish it? Nah. Have you still got, have you still, can I, I borrow it? Can I give it a try? You <laughs> like, can I? Because I don't want to buy it because I don't think I can either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'll give you a go. Yeah. There's certain sentences that will just kill you with how fun <laughs> Certain concepts that you can articulate that are just wild. But the the, the font's really small. <laughs> <laughs> and I only get like 
I'm knackered after a hard day's work yeah. of work and parenting, which is two yeah. jobs. Mm-hmm. Like Britt Baker, really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related, you can e- either do so on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us a five star review just like Josh, Josh has done on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Josh writes, hey up, Adam, I'm playing Sidge. It's Josh from uh, Hayworth, West Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> the, the village. I, I went to uh, Union in West Yorkshire, yeah. Josh. Huh. The village where. Near the, the village of West Breton. Is that close to you? Or? Mm. I'm, I'm talking to Josh. Oh, right, okay. I was going to say. It's not Judgment Daisy Day, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, it's the village where the Bronte sisters lived and wrote all their books. Uh, for all you literary fans, it's well worth a visit. Uh, now, I may be from the land of Ridge Bloody Holland, but I'm actually writing to you from Durham, which, is, which for the non-UK listeners is about 15 miles south of What Culture HQ in Gateshead. I'm currently in my final year at Durham University, where I'm also captain of the uni table tennis teams. Uh, your podcasts are so great. I found them in my first year at uni during COVID when restrictions meant I was locked in my room watching online lectures and didn't oh, know anyone. Oh, God, pandemic uni. I first my life, year as I well. I thought my life was bad, but I thought a lot about first year students just ha- having what should be the best year of your goddamn life go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Happy, for- happy ending for Josh now, though. Yes. Yeah. It's worked out. Uh, the podcast helped kill my sp- keep my spirits up, Ben. Uh, <laughs> you say killed my spirits? Keep to my spirits. It's because we're all thinking about first year uni trapped in halls, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, get me through the long days writing my dissertation now. Uh, also, my table tennis teammates sorry, uh, at uni give me plenty of weird looks when I'm popping for Wilborn's impressions and stacks as jokes on the bus to away matches. The banter between you and the funny games mixed in with some insightful and passionate knowledge from the Dadleys make this podcast so entertaining and a must-listen uh, please find my screenshot of my five-star review review below because we know that the proof is vital. Thank you, Josh. Uh, for my five-star review review, can you review a segment from the storyline of Mandy Rose trying to seduce Jimmy Uso away from Naomi? I picked this because it shows how long four years is in wrestling with Jimmy now in the fantastic bloodline story, Mandy Rose having a 400-plus state NXT women's title reign, and Naomi rightfully walking out of WWE after that horrendous creative. It also goes to show the double standards of WWE, where they were happy to sexualize Mandy on TV, uh, but when she was able to make money herself from it, WWE released her. Great point, Josh. Above all that, I'm sure the comment section will be a gold mine. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Um, Hamlet, take us back to. Can I, say, I really appreciate that, Josh. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's wild. Go to table tennis away games. Yeah, that sounds like the it's a great Josh, life. That, you've had a crap first year, but my god, you yeah. made up for it. Yeah, he had us in the first half. Not going to lie, sort <laughs> of thing. Dorm uni as well, so he's like shoot clever. Yes, I oh, very yeah. clever guy. Yeah. Um, table tennis away games. I'm envious of Josh's life, and that's a really nice message. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Uh, so take us back to January 2019. What on earth was this, Hamford? Christ, if you think the invisible camera on the USOs oh, is bad this, now, this, this imagine is. it then. They, WWE had it, like, they did a couple of these, considering that, like, you know, we've been PG forever. One of their, like, every now and then they'll flirt with, like, those, a bit of swearing, a bit of TV 14 stuff. But I can remember of this time, this and Enzo and Lana. Where they were banging to like hotel room shoots. It was because WWE at large was like Heyman pilled for a bit. Yeah. So they were a bit of a thumbnail company. Mm-hmm. So remember like Alexa Bliss getting changed at Raw? That was Aye. The day before. Before this? Comments, the day before this. No way. Yeah. So like this was another one. They were filming daft skits for thumbnails and then trying to pretend that it was a very serious story that was going to end in like a tag team match or something. But by this point, like we're all online, we're all like seeing versions of the content. This was them making clickbait. 
And I know I work for whatculture.com yes. when I say that, but this was them. This was one of their many clickbait stories. It's very Heyman-pilled. One of the comments, uh, yeah, because this is a... I'm getting ahead of myself here, but she's trying to trick Jimmy to come to her hotel room and then, oh, got a picture, and they're, oh, that's going to ruin your relationship. Some of the comments, why she hired a photographer? The cameraman is literally right there. <laughs> Don't get me started on this one. This is one of the most egregious ones yeah. I can remember. Yeah. So Jimmy Uso uh, walks into a hotel room, and you hear, over here... Uh, Mandy Rose is there sat in a black robe. Wrong NXT woman. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, and gives him the look. And she's like, come on, Jimmy. Come closer. Don't be shy. The time, the time to play hard to get is over. And she takes off the black robe to reveal black lingerie, which someone in the comments quite rightly also points out. That's more than she wears when she wrestles. <laughs> uh, but she's like, so what do you think? What will your wife think? And Jimmy's like... Everyone's just watching it on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's like, we can't do this. I can't do this. Right right now, this needs to stop. And she's like, Jimmy, we can do this. And then... Uh, uh, what? Sorry, Sidge. Just... I'm a bit confused as what, what they're implying here. Well, when she says this... Yeah, what's this? All right, okay. Full penetrative intercourse. Oh. Presumably initiated with a bit of foreplay, like probably some blowjobs, probably some lickouts, and then then the actual in-out, in-out, in-out come. I, was planning, I don't know where it's going. But. Planning wrestling strategies, I thought. Uh, you know, I need a bit of quiet time away from the bright lights and cameras, which were also in this room. So at this point, yeah, uh, paparazzi, cameraman, whatever you want to call him, Bursts out of the bathroom, takes three pictures, and then absolutely legs it. And Jimmy's like, really? That's what you're doing? What's up? What are you doing? And uh, she's like, ugh, puts the robe back on. You really think that I want to jail? Really? You really think this is about you, Jimmy? This isn't about you. This is about your wife. I despise your wife. I love, uh, by the way, this is very WWE here. So it's like, Jimmy, 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 wife, wife, wife. But the audience are Idiots. So, Jimmy, this isn't about you. This isn't about your. This is about your wife. I despise your wife, Naomi. That's the wife. If you think Naomi walks around like she runs the place, she is no air. She'll never look like that. She'll never be as hot as Ma. Uh, you and I, I know more importantly, she knows that. So when she looks at all those photos of you in my hotel room, this will destroy her entire life. Wilborn, you know the Katy Perry hit California Girls? I do. Okay. That wasn't written because all of the girls are from California. It's just like... That was written about girls who who are from California uh -huh. because they are from other places. But the California girls are better than the girls from the other places from which they can also live uh, and be born in. They're not all from California, Wilborn. I think you've misunderstood the message of that song. It's uh, it's true, Dave. You know what that means. Wilborn's got his Valley Girl voice locked in, and he's using it regardless. This honestly is the. Have you finished yet? Um, basically, Jimmy's like my wife, uh, and he uh, goes and opens the door. She's there, so thank God she's. He's already told her about this because how on earth would she be able to figure out this conundrum unless unless he told her about it in advance and told her to come to the hotel room? Because despite the fact this has been filmed on national television. Honestly, this is so stupid. Yeah. What an idiot Mandy Rose is for doing this. Mm -hmm. The look on her face of, got him. Yeah. When the cameraman comes in, the paparazzo, the look of, got him. And do you want to know why I can see the got him look? Because I'm watching it on television. Like, it's the, honestly, well, I've said it before. 
WWE television is by far the stupidest <laughs> program to have ever been greenlit for like cable TV. And cable TV, it's not a bunch of brain brain geniuses in goddamn <laughs> Arkansas. Watch it. It's a high art at the best of times. But my my, my other thing about this is let's just just say we just disregard everything. This is filmed. It's broadcast on SmackDown. So Naomi just needs to, like he always say, watch the television and go, oh, he just got tricked into it. Let's say disregard all that. What proof has she got? Her husband fully clothed in a, in a, in a, in a person's hotel room while she's just like doing the, he's not doing anything. He's yeah. just stood there. He's looking sheepish eyes mm-hmm. to the floor, if anything. Yeah, it's not like... It's not like, awooga, look at those big tits. <laughs> I'm absolutely... I'm going to get it wet tonight. Get in there. Cartoon like jaw, chin fully on yeah, the floor. Yeah, yeah, like, like the tongue... The tongue has rolled out, like... Anyway. See. This is why people took the piss out of the Smackdown hacker, right? Well, there's a lot of reasons why people took the piss out of the Smackdown hacker. But I earnestly liked Mandy, Otis, Sonya, Dolph. I liked all that nonsense, yeah. right? But the whole point was, uh, they would have got away with it if it wasn't that pesky hacker because they were planning things behind the scenes and the hacker caught it. It's like... I but like you haven't needed a hacker for thirty years of other storylines that have taken place yeah. on camera. Like for the first time, two characters thought we need to plan this in secret, but they didn't count on the hacker. <laughs> like they were the first two characters to ever get that right. Yeah, the bloody hacker. Um. So yeah, Jimmy leaves. Naomi walks in, throws her earrings off, and says, "This is what I've been waiting for." And she kicks her ass around the hotel room. They fight on the bed briefly because, of course, they do. Uh, and then Mandy throws her over a chair, which if, you, if you're going to go and watch this, I always encourage people to watch it along with us. The chair takes this most dramatic fall. It's all people can talk about in the comments. It's like, oh, give the Oscar to that chair. Uh, and Mandy legs it, and Jimmy comes in and checks on Naomi. Okay, right. WWE booking baby faces historically. It's still not great, mm. but my God, what happened? If you're ever going to win a fight, ever, it's and you're a baby face, and you should be winning the fair fights, right? If you're ever going to win a fight, it's when another person has tried to manipulate you and, like, shag the love of your life. You'd be boiling hot. You'd be furious. You're a baby face. You should be winning. She gets her ass kicked by Mandy <laughs> Rose. Like, what? how could he possibly... Want to watch Naomi and have a match after this? Hey, idiots. Worst wrestling promotion ever happened to be the richest. Idiots in the comment section. Like, oh, God. I'm so glad that we didn't get a resolution here. I can't wait for it to be followed. What? It's just they're idiots. Are just completely brain-dead losers. Well, let's go to the comment section. Oh, God. Uh, I'll start off. I heard Wilborn tittering. Oh, God. Uh, there were so many of these. Naimil. Is it safe to say welcome back, Attitude Era? <laughs> I sure as hell, uh, sure as hell, miss seeing backstage moments like this. It's in a hotel, it's not backstage. Chris D, these this week's Raw and SmackDown have really improved. <laughs> these little fake sort of love stories are brilliant. Uh, love stories are amazing in wrestling. Love stories done well are absolutely amazing in pro wrestling. Shouldn't work, very occasionally does, and yeah, kind of wrong footed by it. Until Triple H ruined everything, because he always does. Kurt Angle and Stephanie, absolutely captivating mm. stuff. Randy Savage and Liz carried basically four years of WWE main event stories. It's, when it's done well, it is magic. Love stories in general are legitimately, I'm a misanthropic person, right, who just doesn't think people are inherently good. The one thing that leads me to believe that deep down people are really nice 
is the will they won't they rom com device. People want people to be happy, mm. even if they're fictional characters. That's, I'm not taking the piss. Jim and Pam? Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing where I think, you know, people deep down just want to see people in love and be happy. Me and my wife, that's almost always true, but me and my wife were watching an episode of uh, The Office when Pam's at art college just last night, and it's when they've bought the, like, the world's tiniest Bluetooth headset, and we both laughed off the idea how neither would ever want that. Yeah. Like, why on earth would we want that? Like, imagine, like, if, hang on, if you're connected at work all day, what the hell do you talk about in an evening? Like, we just questioned its realism. Stupid. <laughs> Uh, the office. That was a bad call. Don't make them releases. Turbinator Gamer writes, AW making WWE great again. <laughs> uh, and then, then we get into it now. Now we're, now we're in the comment section. Hot sauce double. It's time. it's time to play the game. Time to play, time to play the game. game. <laughs> Could have worked in real estate. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, she's only ever got one house and it was bought for her. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you want to take any guesses at this? So the game is did it, did it, did it, did it. Guess the preferred comment. Um, I wish I was Mandy Rose's robe. I had a hotel room with Mandy Rose. There's nowhere anyone else is getting in there. You, you're, oh, wow. <laughs> you're quite close. Can you take her along with the shampoos? <laughs> did, did you come with the room? <laughs> uh, quite close. Uh, start off. This is the sort of, you know, the I'm just easing you into it because yeah. when we get to the end, oh boy. Hot Sauce Deluxe writes, oh, Topless Alexi yesterday, seductive Mandy today. Thank you, WWE. <laughs> There's other places. So there much. are so many other places. This is what I've, I've been reliably informed. The chosen one writes, oh, I wish I could redo this match in, my, in a hotel room on my 2K19 game. <laughs> <laughs> what? So much bongo out there on the internet. Is there? Yeah, loads. There's a, now, Sige, there's a film starring, starring Sharon Stone um, where uh, she, uh, she does a little move. And we all know what the film is. We don't need to say the title of it because thankfully uh, Regis has talked about it here. He writes, oh, I was hoping Mandy was going to do the natural instinct thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we dad watched it. Yeah, Sonny watched this film. It's class. It's called Natural Instinct. <laughs> Gets a motto and everything. <laughs> Gets a motto. Seeing this horror. Sil <laughs> Silence of the sheep. <laughs> Silence of the sheep. <laughs> Curry time just writes, oh, she gives me them vibes in my pants. Uh, <laughs> what, an erection? <laughs> I think so. Vibes in my pants. It's a vibe. It's hard on. The uh, uh, Cho Jin writes, oh, so good I can almost smell it. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, well, uh, oh, man. Oh, we'll stick you, around. He's never smelled it in his bloody life. He doesn't have a clue. <laughs> so, uh, my, you, know, you know what my favourite things is? Is... Uh, is people trying to one-up each other in the comments. Yeah, 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 Honey Badger. I would give up 10 years of my life to have Mandy for one night, to which, to which Jamie, to which Jamie eight-inch cock. <laughs> that all? He replies, I'd give 10 years of my life to, to, to have Mandy for one night. Jamie eight-inch cock slides in. I'd give up food to f*** her. 
He'll die if you do that. You're gonna, uh, that's not. That's the wrong way of accomplishing your goal oh, God, here. God, I wish I was the dead person having sex with her. <laughs> Basically, said, right, I'll kill myself. That's somebody saying, I'd be Al Wilson in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> way, way to go. If I had to, you, right, okay. <laughs> you can have sex with Manny Rose, but you're dead. You, instantly you, dead. You're dead. It's not instantly, that's the thing. It's a really excruciating, agonizing, slow death of starvation. <sighs> it will take um, potentially like, a, what, a week, two weeks? What a stupid thing to try and top. Ten years is ages. I know. Like, that's a big sacrifice. I think that's sacrifice. <laughs> Maybe it's, 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 yeah, it's 80 to 90. Like I 90 get, to, or 90 to 100. That gut feeling that he's got to compete on the off chance he's reading. And uh, <laughs> I want to impress Any advance on giving up food. <laughs> this will impress her. And he's got an eight inch cock. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> hey, Mandy, do you fancy having sex with someone that's got an eight inch cock that's going to die while he's still inside of you? <laughs> Come find me. Uh, and the final comment yours had an extra inch as well, so it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Again, in the in the in the big book of you know you didn't have to post this, you didn't have to write this, and you've written it out and then gone. Yeah, I'm gonna send that. This is the last one. Last one. Oh god. Kevin just writes just on the off chance he's reading. Uh, oh, I've just come all over my phone. How sexy you look, Mandy. <laughs> oh, no. So in which case, when it, it took him ages to write that message, yeah. presumably, <laughs> it's covered in spunk. He's just he's, done it. I think he's done voice to text, to be honest. Probably. Yeah. You have tried to send a text in the rain, and it like, messes up with the screen, like he presses letters or whatever. Jeez. Yeah, the typos in it. Nice written. Perfectly. He puts a kiss at the end, in fact. I don't know if I believe him. <laughs> covered my phone in cum. Oh, God. <laughs> Take it to the genius bar. What seems to be the problem, <laughs> sir? The Fapple stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for that. Um, I hope that keeps you entertained on the way to your next table tennis match. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Poulsen, as I said, if you Thank want you, to Josh. suggest oh, something short, crap, sure. and wrestling related instead of us oh, reviewing an almost match. Um, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, but make sure if you're doing it on Spotify, leave us a five-star rating, screenshot, and email it to, it to me. We <laughs> <laughs> need the proof. How are they going to screenshot if the phone's covered in spunk? <laughs> um, Dirty old bollocks, Josh. <laughs> I bet you do. Uh Maxine Dupree and the Maximum Male Models are backstage uh, and they're fawning over... Um, Otis. Thank you. And, uh, it, well, they're saying, oh, look how great he looks, blah, blah, blah. And Baron Corbin comes in and is like, oh, thanks so much, guys. I needed that. I've had a bit of a slump recently. And like, we're not talking about you. We're talking about... There's business. <laughs> are we? No, we're talking uh, about... Otis. Thank you. <laughs> That's miles away. <laughs> Maximum male models is like Gerald Briscoe and JBL. We're going to do a podcast sharing our stories. <laughs> I remember I remember Marseille doing a Broadway. <laughs> Many of my guys couldn't get there. I just went out there and I gave them hell. I did love the disgust on Mansoir and Marseille's face. This Baron comes out and he's like, ugh, what are you doing here? <laughs> Corbin's like, what's he have that I don't? And Mansoir went, hair. <laughs> of Triple H storming it at the booking meeting. Right, what are we doing to destroy Baron Corbin this week? What have we got licking his lips? Uh, anyway, Maxine says, well, maybe beat up that 
weird little guy who's with Otis and uh, Dada. So Gilbert goes to try and get a match. <laughs> John Gable is teaming with. Well, the aim of the game, they never. Oh, God. <laughs> Paul uh, Heyman hikes up Jimmy Uso. Bring Jay back into the bloodline, basically. Oh, Christ. Oh. Uh, then it was time for Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor, um, which was a load of fun. Johnny Gargano hit a dive early on, but uh, we go to a break, come back. Balor's in control. Gargano fires back up. Slingshot spear gets him a two count. Um, Balor hits a sling blade. Gargano comes back with uh, consecutive super kicks to get a near fall. Uh, Dominic Mysterio tries to interfere uh, whilst Ripley takes the ref, but Gargano takes him out with a dive. Damian Priest goes after Gargano at ringside, and that allows uh, Finn Balor to cut him off. Foot stomp, drop kick, goes up top to hit the coup de grace, then Edge's music hits. Uh, Damian Priest and Rhea It Ripley. is distracting, I will say that. Edge's music is actually distracting. <laughs> yeah. like the light show, the yeah. thuddery. Um, and I did like Priest being like, I'm not having this. Him and Rhea Ripley storm to the entranceway to, to cut him off. But of course, this time he's come through the crowd, shoves Balor off the top. Gargano hits him with one final beat. One, two, three. Post-match, Priest tries to go after Edge, but Dexter Loomis is there and takes Priest out. And Edge hits Balor with a spear and says, this isn't over. Uh, again, I can't really get up for less good and loud versions of matches I saw in 2019. There was like a great story and all the rest of it. Mm. A cold match that is bittersweet because you know how loud they can get these fans. I don't know. It was, it was obviously well worked. But my God, what a cliched way of arriving at a massive grudge match. Like, where's the heat here? It's meant to be a big... This is meant to be... Okay, if you've got a problem with the Texas death match on Saturday, I get it, maybe you're, you're too visceral for your sensibilities... You like your pro wrestling violence a little bit tamer. You know what? I can actually get it. But if you're going to do a less, like, visually gruesome, head-droppy match, at least get the emotion right. Mm. At least get the emotion behind, you know, your table breaks, your chair shots across the back, your kendo sticks, because that's how WWE does it. That's fine. Not my sort of thing. At least get the emotion right. The I'm costing you matches that would not lead me anywhere because winning and losing doesn't really get you anywhere, particularly on Raw with two titles kept captive on SmackDown. Not rubbish. Genuinely rubbish finish. Didn't like the fact that they uh, uh, mugged off Gargano as well later. Edge saying, I cost you a match you never should have lost. What? What? That's not very nice. Yeah, well, I was at when Edge he said... In Vince's backstage. Yeah. yeah. When Edge said, this isn't over, was he talking about the bulk of the match? Or Johnny right. Gargano's character. Yeah, there was like, he's, he's right. Loads it isn't over about Johnny Gargano. This played to the response it deserved, truthfully. I wasn't high on this when it was advertised because I kind of knew how this one would go. It's a match on Raw between these two wrestlers that is theoretically supposed to elevate. They could have elevated on a pay-per-view, but not on a Raw. It just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, it was only good when the bollocks started, right? when you got to the run-ins, when you got to Edge. There's the excitement. That regardless of what you, what you think of the drama, there's where you're supposed to pay attention. The intricate stuff in the build-up is just that. It's just build-up. Do you know what's got me thinking? To Sidge's point about the violence and the whole point that for a while it was going to be hell in a cell. Is it like Priest was very involved in this in a way that he hasn't been as like the guy trying to take out Edge? Is there any chance they're going to Priest and Balor versus Edge and Christian instead of Edge and Balor in the singles? Wow. And that's why they're sitting on the match announcement. 
Christian in 2021 said that he was tied to AEW for a long time on the sessions with Rene Paquette. That, to me, indicates minimum three-year deal, which A, is nowhere near expiring. B, Tony Khan just could add time onto it. Mm. But we don't know that three-year deal thing, do we? No, but if he says a long time, that's got to be the minimum contract. Two years is yeah. not a long time. And FTR are on long-term deals as broken by, I believe, PW Insider. So when Dax was on the podcast saying, you know what, FTR versus Edge and Christian isn't too far away. I think the opposite still is the, true. I, the, the I, opposite I, I do agree with that, but I just I suddenly thought like they've they've felt like they've lightened the mood around this program rather than it being some sort of... Unless it's just badly performed because it didn't feel very blood feudy to me or it felt like a bit of a knockabout thing. It's just bad storytelling. I thought you were going to say cause it's, age. because it's Hell in a Cell and, and Christian dropped to hell from the coffin on That would be the best entrance if he oh, just yeah. sort of <laughs> keeps it in the coffin. He's just been falling all this time. Yeah. If we're still getting Hell in a Cell, as long as it's purple, I don't care. It's the best thing on the card if it's a purple cell. Uh, anyway, Edge said I'll be in the ring next week. We'll talk about it on the preview next week. Uh, we got a recap of the Cody Rhodes Roman Reigns segment from SmackDown and the announced King and Queen of the Ring in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia on May 27th, which is going to be a busy whole weekend with AW Double or Nothing. And then, Sige, it was time for Piper Niven versus Nikki Cross. What a goddamn disaster. Oof. This was bad. This was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Cross is... Better sure. matches with the fuck... With the amateurs? Have you seen matches with the amateurs on 2.0? I'm serious. I'm not sure if they've uh, mentioned this ever before, uh, Sige, but Nikki Cross is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she attacks Niven before the match. Niven's like, I don't care. Start the match. <laughs> and Nikki Cross hit a flying crossbody. Niven rolled to the outside, fought off Cross, and then sort of hit a black hole slam. To, to the point where when you, we were watching it, I went, I don't know whose move that's meant to be. Yeah, he didn't know whose move it's meant to be. Corey Graves did, and rightly refusing to sell it, just went, yikes. This is a disaster, this. Yeah, it's, it, unfortunately, for characters like this, it cannot go wrong when you're booking so poor in the first place. Like, if you're getting out off creative, then your in-ring's got to be amazing. It's not fair. It should, like, both sides should pop yeah, each yeah. other up. and they're not harmony. Getting, they're not getting that. No. Um, then backstage to Rick... Boogs, who's, uh, I think, trying to lift an 18-wheeler for no reason. Yeah, um, It's a nice visual gag for a guy like Boogs, I think. Elias comes in. He's like, where's my notes? I've not got my notes. Um, and he's like, don't worry, I've got some advice for you. See see over there? It's Bronson Elias! Reed. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Go to Bronson Reed and tell him I want a match. Just go over and say, I want a match. I want a match. So he's going to tell him, go and tell him I want a match. He's like, got it. <laughs> walks over. You see him talking. You see Bronson Reed pointing at Elias. Bronson Reed walks over and goes, you want a match? Well, it's your funeral. See you next week, sort of thing. And he's like, what have you done? He was like, you told me to tell him you want a match. Got confused. I mean, it made Mustafar Ali and Dolph look worse by comparison, I suppose. <laughs> this is a better version of a terrible idea where Triple H still thinks he's working and loves burying lower card guys. They're all geeks. I like the lie. Yes. Let's move on. Let's move on to uh, John Cena and Austin Theory. John yeah. Cena comes out, uh, gets very emotional about all this. No Stu the cameraman this week. Get well soon, Stu, if, if anything's wrong. Cena hits the ring. Austin Theory comes out before he could say anything, basically. Uh, Theory talks about watching WWE with his mom um, and Cena inspiring him to become a WWE superstar. He says, I've got a gift for you, John. Something so big it'll eclipse any movie role. Uh, a United States Championship match between the two of us at WrestleMania. Cena looks at him and goes, no. Uh, he says, look, I'm not interested in your gift because you haven't earned the right to give it. I've been watching and listening to you. 
I don't care. Uh, we all don't care about you. Why? Because we don't That's believe John. <laughs> That's John. That's John. We uh, don't believe don't believe in you because you don't believe in yourself. You're a generic kid wearing fancy sneakers and wearing sunglasses indoors. Uh, you got nothing in here. Uh, he says, look, I've walked in your shoes. Uh, there's a sign over there calling you a, a Cena wannabe. Uh, I'm your ghost of Christmas future. You're in the uh, ruthless aggression phase. Almost got me fired. Um, you could see that back then I could I, I didn't believe in myself. You know, theory, you've had chance after chance. Um, he's got, you got no heart. You got no soul. Um, look, he's, all these people have come out. 20 years I've been doing this. Respect. They believe in me. They don't believe in you. Um, you're one pair of trunks away from being a jabroni. Uh, he says, but I will say one thing. You've got the best name in WWE history. Stone Cold, The Rock, The Undertaker. There is no name better than Austin Theory because that's what you are, a theory. In theory, you should be great. You've got everything that the exec looks for in theory. Everyone should be here in theory to see you. But no one cares. You're wasting our time. So here's a gift for you, Austin Theory. Shut up, turn around, get out of the ring, uh, and I'll let you walk out in one piece. Theory goes to leave, then turns around and says, I'm not going anywhere, just like your bald spot ain't going anywhere. Um, and he says, oh, look at your shirt. It says, never give up, but you're giving up. You're saying no, John. You don't want to take the match at WrestleMania. What about hustle, loyalty, respect? You're disrespecting the United States Championship. Um, I've realized something. Um, they say, um, they're right. Don't, they say, don't meet your heroes, because all they do is disappoint uh, and Cena says, well, I'd rather be bald than having piping fake noise for your matches because no one cares. You really are a dumb son of a bitch. Uh, he said, I didn't say no because I gave up. I said no to save your ass. Uh, you're not ready. My back's against the wall. If we have a match and I win, you're done. You lose everything. And if you win, you still lose everything. You might win the day, but then you have to go out on the Monday after and explain, and it'll be you against the most uh -huh. harsh audience that will eat you alive because they see what I see. Um, you're full of crap. Um, but, you know, you've brought these guys into each and every one of these people into it. i got no choice. Um, now I've got to ask them, what do you see, want to do? You want to see me face him at WrestleMania? Yeah, let's see WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> I may not care about you, but I'll never give up on them. You just made the biggest mistake of your life. It's going to be Theory versus Cena at Mania for the United States Championship. I wish you luck. Um, I don't know if you've got the brain or the heart or the cack, basically. you got a tiny cack. Uh, and then he goes and walks out on the ramp and says, you ain't ready for the big stage, but Boston deserves someone that is. Here's Cody Rhodes. There's a lot here. Um, so I... <laughs> The old way is the best, right? The old ways are still the best. You put over your opponent, but you put over yourself more. And ergo, there is a challenge, but you will overcome that challenge. Triple H doesn't think that. And we know that as far back as 2006 when he did the exact same thing to John Cena for their WrestleMania match. You're just not very good, John. Worked out all right for Cena in the end. So he believes that like this is absolutely the way to go with this story. I think this is, the quality of this, how much you got out of this is entirely dependent on two things. Number one, your personal buy-in of just how warped WWE have made storytelling. John Cena, the character, believes that every bit of this is real. So, like, what the wrestlers are when they're checking at work, then when they come out in front of the curtain, like, his mind is warped by his life as a WWE superstar. He, like, there, there is, like, it's such a weird overlap. Like, he's wearing the hat and the T-shirt, even sometimes when he's not wrestling full-time. He's got to be John Cena for the Make-A-Wish guy. So, like, all of this to him is one big thing. It's, an, like, an amalgam. It's not just 
when the lights go off, I'm just John, I'm sat alone. Mm. He's just always John Cena. So in his mind, it's completely rational for him to go out and say, like, look, if you can't be this complete psychopath like I've been, you're simply not ready for this. That's a preposterous way to live. <laughs> but John Cena believes it, right? And it also depends on how much you agree with what John Cena is saying. I hated when he did this to Roman Reigns in 2017. I absolutely hated it. I didn't care so much when he did it to Baron Corbin. And then when the match happened, I was like, you absolute prick. You complete bastard. Like, you've embarrassed him. and he's, he's there with his tap off trying to wrestle. And you've just humiliated him. Like, it's entirely dependent on what you think of the other guy. In this case, it's Austin Theory. And I don't really like Austin Theory or care about him. So I got, same as when he did it to The Fiend, right, in the empty performance center. I got a perverse enjoyment out of this because I like John Cena 1,000% believing the things he was saying or doing a very good job of acting that he did and ethering this kid because I kind of wanted to see it happen to Austin Theory. It's this awful, like, mulch of work shoot stuff that WWE have normalized. Pretty much, this is like... Pretty much for like what since Cena and CM Punk's story, mm. realistically from from the pipe bam onwards, they've lived in this. When it comes to John Cena specifically, uh, I thought the delivery was absolutely amazing. There are things here that I genuinely liked. All that stuff is completely mileage may vary. There are things that I actually liked here. I like that they flipped this. We all assume that it was like you're disgracing the US title. I'm going to do something about it. Cena is right to acknowledge that fighting him is still a prize to a guy like Austin Theory. That made narrative sense. Mm. And then Austin Theory showed that he's got more than Cena realizes by negging him into having the match. Cena thinks he's across all this. And by the end of it, Austin Theory got what he wanted. So he has got a little bit more about him than Cena has realized. Um, remember Rock and Hogan in Chicago when Hogan was like, you're just the flavor of the week. It's like you're saying it to the rock, mate. Hogan was supposed to look out of his depth, calling the rock the flavor of the week. Cena does it with Austin Theory, and Theory looks out of his depth. <laughs> like, this is what I mean. WWE have eaten themselves a million times over that this feels normal. Now, I think they've actually added heat to this match. This was a success, but they've done it every wrong way you can imagine to do it. Such a weird bit of television, but I'm way more invested in this than I would have been. Since you called this perfectly. It's on the, the only way it was ever going to go because this is all John Cena does. John Cena is a fundamentally terrible professional wrestler and is genuinely like a toxic, like he's, an, he's a corrosive influence over what He rewrote the book and the book is bad now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely corrosive influence over what it should be. You don't beat John Cena in a match even if you beat him because what he's saying is, well, you can't be the biggest star in the world. You can't be the biggest star in the world and play this predetermined game as well as I could you'll never be able to do that? Like, cool, but it's not about that. And it is, but it, mm. he's just an idiot. He's terrible as a storyteller. This is all his stuff, and it has been for years and years and years. Like, you can't beat John Cena because if you win in a match, you've beaten him because the booker, which he's saying, controls everything, and you have to be the guy to the executive was the word he used, mm. correct? Well, right, okay, so the executive has booked Theory to win, but that just makes what John Cena said more true, is that he's getting forced and he's not getting Oh, It's just a complete and utter nonsense. But as Hamford says, it's become so warped now that on its own warped terms, <laughs> it's just basically this gets over if the insult is deep enough mm. and the insult was deep enough. Mm. Like, John Cena is Mr. WWE, right? And then he said to Austin Theory, they have to play fake crowd noise because you're not over. What he's also said there is, this thing I love more than anything plays fake crowd noise. 
Like, you, yeah. that's like for a live entertainment show, that's criminal that WWE should play fake crowd noise for anybody. So John Cena is burying WWE while saying he goddamn loves this place more. It doesn't make sense. He's an idiot. He's it's, an it's, absolute moron, it's and he's the, ruined it for me. The South Park. Through my life. OJ Lawyer <laughs> going like, look at the monkey, look at the little monkey. Yeah. And then the juror's head explodes because it's like the confusion has, has won out. And yet this character is so powerful that we all know we're watching an endorsement of Cody Rhodes and it works. It's yeah. like, there you go. Like, I've just handed you the baton and that's super effective as well. I hate the irony crowd on socials who are into Cena now. It's one yeah. thing if you're a WWE fan, t- died in the wall, love it. The irony crowd, loving John Cena because he went a bit weird and wacky with his acting career. Like, I dare you to watch like a week of him in his prime <laughs> on Raw. I dare, you'll not be. You ironic. don't want him back. You want him back like this. Yeah. You don't want a weekly John don't Cena. I ironically so. appreciate John Cena. I dare you to watch a week of his work in 2009. I dare you. You'll not make it out alive. Yeah. Uh, Sammy's event time. No, Sammy Zayn's backstage with Kathy Kelly, setting up the main event, saying, you know, the one guy who always had his back now has to end him. Um, but uh, he says, sorry, my dog, tonight's not your night. Then it was over Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin. Skip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he beat him with an ankle pick. Ab- silence. Ankle lock. And- Seven years of Baron Corbin. Silence in that arena. Like Four time, years. They had time. a ripper. And the King of the Ring stuff they did. Oh, yeah, it was Outstanding. Great. He's had great chemistry once. They did a WrestleMania Goes Hollywood uh, spoof of Top Gun. Um, Sid, I thought you could help me on this one, actually. Okay, yeah. uh, it was Miz and Maurice. Oh my god. Uh, sorry, I thought that was the Top Gun uh, soundtrack. Um, I'll play it, like, well, yeah, go on then. We'll give you time. Give you time. No, nice. no we got, we've got lots to do. Got to get, get, get on. Yeah. Um, at one point, um, they say, oh, they're going to go and play volleyball. And uh, they say, oh, shirts versus skins. And um, the, Miz, so, the Miz says, I, I claim shirts. And looks really happy about it. So what's what's going on there? He looks really happy about it because to, to differentiate between the teams, which I don't think you have to do in volleyball, volleyball because there's one yeah. either side. There's a net in between them. And they don't like interact and there's a net in between <laughs> them. But regardless, regardless, what he's saying is that he wants to watch his wife's heaving breasts swing like pendulums in the sun yeah. where... Because it's sun-baked sports in the sweltering heat and the bare breasts will be swinging all around Wilborn and there'll be like little beads of perspiration refracting the light from the sun that look like, for you, Wilborn, like big juicy constellations. Uh, Are you happy with that? Oh, yeah. That's what the subtext was, you pervert. We've not finished this podcast and the soundboard's covered in cum. Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish. Oh, no, Becky and Lita. Sorry, we're out next. They're the tag champs. They talk, talk about being legends, uh, not missing. Um, Lita says, I couldn't let this opportunity pass me by. Uh, Dakota and Eo didn't make it easy, but they didn't make it worth it. And they thank Lita thanks Becky. Um, but they say, there's a very special equalizer we have to thank. Out comes Trish. She says, uh, I'll always have Lita's back. And I did warn Bailey in Toronto, shut a goddamn mouth. Uh, this brings out damage Katarl. Um Bailey's furious, obviously. They say, you love to steal a spotlight just to add to your bloody trophy case. All these idiots cheer for you. I see right through all of you. You're selfish. Um, Look, Trish, Lita, you're the reasons why we're in this ring right now. Um, But the three of you will be the reason... uh, The three of us, sorry, will be the reason why you never come back. And Trish is like, you're not good at listening, are you? I could very quickly go from I am retired to I was retired. I couldn't think of a better place to shut your mouth than the grandest stage of them all. How about it? Three on three at WrestleMania. And Bailey accepts. 
There's a little moment where, like, Dakota and E are like, what are you doing? Oh, swerve, they attack. Uh, but Lita and Trish uh, send realize what's about to happen, send them to the outside. Bailey and Becky go face-to-face, um, and Bailey turns around and gets clobbered by all three of them, basically. I'm happy that they're all going to have, like, a nice night at work at WrestleMania because they all deserve it because it's creative when it's not actively bad. It's so generic. Yeah, this is like waterfall in the dungeon of the doom because it wasn't hot. Like they're just for considering the talent out there, and especially like something like Bailey and Trish and Lita and Becky interacting. Not to like neg damage guitar. This should be really hot. It's WrestleMania season. You have got a bunch of legends. There's always like Hall of Fame overlap. It's this is a kind of a perfect WrestleMania match. But the story's been so boring and damaged Katara so washed. Triple H is not good at promoting people as stars. Yeah, this doesn't feel He's not big. good at, like, making people feel like stars. Mm. Paul Heyman is, but Triple H isn't. Yeah. This could be quite good on the night, but it's nothing to do with the television. It's no star presentation. Yeah. Uh, main event time. Jimmy Uso versus Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami's not messing about. Thez press to start. Uh, clotheslines Jimmy to the outside, but um, Jimmy gets an uppercut and sends Sami into the barricade, rushes at him. Sammy sends him over to take us to our first break. When we come back, Zayn boots Jimmy. Tornado DDT gets a two count. Uh, Crossbody gets a two count. Um, Jimmy chucks Zayn out of the ring, tries to take the ref, so Solo uh, can hit him with a Simone spike, but the referee catches him and kicks Solo out of ringside. Uh, Zayn comes back with a blue thunderbomb, uh, gets another two count and takes us to another break. Uh, when we come back, J- Zane's going for the flying nothing and gets hit with a super kick from Jimmy. Uh, and then suddenly Jey Uso's there in the crowd. He runs down, he climbs onto the announce table, not really sure what he's doing yet. He seems to be encouraging someone in the ring. Um, anyway, this distracts everyone and allows Zane to roll up Jimmy Uso to get the win. And Jimmy looks all distraught. But then Jay gets in the ring and has this moment with Jimmy's grabbing him by his shirt. He's sort of fist bumping his chest almost. Uh, and then there's a there's a look between the two of them, and Jay brushes past Jimmy Uso, who looks dejected, uh, and walks down to Sami Zayn at ringside, um, and he tells Zayn that he trusted him, and he hugs him. Huge baby. Um, Is that a raw? Bigger than the Cena reaction, Isn't and it? bigger than like the one that Cody got when he came out the first time. Uh, massive Usi chant. Jay and Sammy hold up their fingers, holy sh- chance from the crowd, and then suddenly Jay takes a step back, super kicks Sammy, betrays him, another massive reaction from this crowd, and he screams at Sammy about family. You thought I was going to choose you? This is family, sh- this is family boy, and they beat up Sammy the Usos, they hammer away on him, solo Sokoas, kicking the crap out of him as well. And who runs down to make the save? But Cody Rhodes. He stands there. He's checking on Zayn uh, and facing off with this version of the bloodline as the show goes off the air. What a conclusion to this. I had goosebumps watching this. Like, not just because the reaction was big and that. If you're watching of wrestling, it's those reactions that you watch for. Like we had at the Rumble and other moments in this story. I loved so much of this. And like Cody's running was the capper for me earlier on in the show. It was one of them Triple H backstage bits where you see, but for a change, it actually matters. Like you see in the backstage conversation where Cody is speaking yes. to Owens, that had taken place after what we'd seen earlier. So he's watched from afar the developments between Sammy and Kevin and has realised that he needs to get involved there and now he's getting involved physically. Plotting, I'm so impressed. I'm going to put over the individual stuff on this in this angle, but I'm so impressed with the plotting of this at various points. They knew Cody was coming back. We told people not to worry. We were right. They didn't need to worry. But, like, think about how before Elimination Chamber, Cody Rhodes was, like, welcoming of wrestling Sami Zayn instead of 
uh, Roman Reigns and how measured that whole approach was. Cody said, I hope you win. Like, it's, I want to win the title and I'd love to beat you for it, but I'd love to beat you. Like, I respect you just as much, if not more, than Roman Reigns. And then he finally comes face-to-face with Roman Reigns, believes he's got all the confidence and all the momentum. And, like, he's still got it, but Roman has chipped away at that a little bit. And he's, like, he's invoked Dusty Rhodes in the way that Cody only thought he could. You know, Paul Heyman stuff wasn't just bluster from the salesman. It turns out that it's real. And all of a sudden, he's he's never had to think so much about this. Oh, maybe I can't just ride this wave into WrestleMania. Maybe I need these as much as they need each other. So you've got this, like, I'm so excited by it. It's like Sting's, like, WCW allies, Cody, Kevin, and Sammy coming together. Like, we need to stop the Four Horsemen. Like, we need to stop the Bloodline. Like, I absolutely love that. It's going to do gangbusters at the house shows, isn't it? The pre-WrestleMania six-man between those three is going to yeah. be unbelievable. Like, so the, the heat that they're generating for that is real old-fashioned stuff that I love. So the way they folded Cody in was absolutely magnificent. And I say all that because the pop and the booze that followed either side of the hook really does speak for itself. The investment in this story was laid bare here. Mm. And then the details. The building was where Sammy made his choice. Jey Uso in the red Bloodline shirt. The only time they wore that was at War Games. So he's coming out reminding Sammy of the night that Sammy chose him and further to lull Sammy into a false sense of security. And we know that Jey Uso is only making that decision, not for Roman, but for Jimmy, because Jimmy is going to suffer if Jay doesn't make that call. Roman has done it again. The bastard has done it again. He's played his manipulative cards immaculately well because he needs the bloodline to be together because he's scared of Cody. So again, just the way in which these two, like it's one feud, but it's two. It's one feud, two matches. The baby faces have got to stop the bloodline. I love this. I love this so much. I asked Cedric this morning because we talk about it over the desk when it's good. Like, I wasn't the one after the Rumble saying a best WWE storyline ever. But if they pull the trigger on both title changes at WrestleMania, it's still not best ever personally, but I think it's in the conversation, Mm. genuinely. Like, April 2022 to now, from when Sammy gets involved and the Roman Reigns character actually gets good, to right now, two potential title changes the fallen of this bloodline empire and Jimmy and Jay no longer with the belts, no longer beholden to Roman being able to finally turn their back and walk away. I, like, I think this has the potential to be just all time great. It's drawing houses, it's drawing ratings in the weekly television model. It has survived the excesses of that for us to be peaking at WrestleMania again, which I really hope they just follow through. Like I don't like it's WWE. They've always had that thing about bottling in at the last minute. I desperately hope they follow through <laughs> because part of that, part of these reactions here are absolutely invested in people desperately willing the baby faces over the line. They've now got to get over the line. I'm going to sound like such a sour grapes, so I won't dwell on it because I agree with all of that. And I'm on the island. That, that it was a raw. It was like a, it was like a football celebration back of the night, last minute winner. I said that second time it, in the story. Yeah, it wasn't like a hey. It was a raw, like genuinely guttural emotion, as evidenced through the sound of the noise. I thought acting just it's <laughs> not for me. This it's like I can love the elite saga, which I guess is the parallel, and think I oh, know Matt Jackson can really overdo it at times. This was like uh, it's a film where. Being John Malkovich, it was like being Matt Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) All of them, I just didn't like the acting. I thought they were, I think they're like, and then there's a, they know how good it is and they're Mm. really milking it for the acclaim feeling I get from it. It doesn't feel naturalistic to me whatsoever. Plotting, very good. Mm. Acting, getting sick of it now. Let us know your. Apart from Kevin Owens. Yeah, (laughs) I can't talk about that. 
<laughs> Let us know your thoughts on this show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can there. Follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Daddy Boys uh, back later on today to look ahead to NXT Roadblock yes. this evening. Uh, and make sure if you haven't done so already, just like Josh did earlier, um, you can leave us a five star review review suggesting something short crap and wrestling related either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify but make sure you screenshot it data <laughs> adam.wilborn.com uh, but for now this has been the Raw Review my thanks to the Dadly Boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 